0: Hey friends, welcome back to Keep It Real with Rachel Sinclair. I took a break from podcasting last month because as many of you know, I was in a community theater play, The Miracle Worker, which tells the story of Helen Keller. And I played Kate Keller, Helen's mom. It was such an incredible experience and I hope to tell you about it sometime in more detail. But all that to say, it took a lot of time and I was not able to get in an August episode. However, This episode is so wonderful. I think it's going to make up for it. My guest today is Harrison Tarabella. Harrison is an incredible filmmaker and photographer who I met in college, which is actually a funny story that we talk about in the show. Harrison has literally traveled all over the world for different projects, and he speaks so well about pursuing your passions and chasing after what you love. I know I walked away from this conversation feeling inspired to go after my dreams and do what I'm passionate about, and I think you will too. So, without further ado, here is my conversation with Harrison. Thanks for coming on.
1: No problem. Hey, everyone. It's so good to talk to you. So, I was trying to figure this out. When was the last time I saw you in person? I mean, it was for sure school, right?
0: That's a great question. Yeah, I think it was school. I mean, gosh, it may have been like school school, not even homecoming.
1: Yeah, were you at Napsing
0: um, two years ago? Gosh, um, that
1: makes me feel old. <laughs> yes, yes, I would have been there. Okay, um, but yeah, gosh, That's it has crazy. been a while, though.
0: Do you ever come to Nashville?
1: Um, you know what? I actually have a couple really good uh, photography friends in Nashville. Well, okay, they're real friends, but I know them through photography. Sure. I feel like that makes it sound <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm up there a good bit. I do a little bit of freelancing up there. Yeah. Um, but, you need to
0: let me know next time you're up here, so we could actually. Yeah,
1: it's coffee. so beautiful.
0: I um I've always
1: thought it. if I like wanted to make my career to where I only pursued freelance, um, I would move to Nashville in a heartbeat because you just yes. you guys have such a good market up there.
0: Yes, there really is. And I mean, even from a visual perspective, you've got the city, like everything you could want there. And then you drive 20 minutes and you're in a field and there's cows and it's, it's beautiful, you know? So.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, y'all, y'all downtown is beautiful too.
0: Yes. Thank you. Well, and I'm actually in Franklin, which is more, you know, quaint and small town, but it's lots of fun yeah. too. So I just, I really like it here, but of course I love Birmingham. I'm from there too. So, um, <laughs> Okay. And you're from Fairhope. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Um,
1: So I grew up in Fairhope. Um, I was actually born right outside of Atlanta, Georgia. Um, okay. But I mean, when I turned like three, we moved to Fairhope. So I Fair I Fairhope.
0: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. And give us, obviously we'll get into more, you know, of what you do and how you, you know, got into your passion of vide- videography, but give us like your elevator speech of who you are, what you do. Yeah, great. Okay.
1: So um, I am a videographer, photographer, mainly video, um, but I work full time here in Birmingham. I'm the creative director for a evangelical nonprofit.
0: Wait, what? Um, then, I didn't know this. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> and then, so I, uh, I'm the creative director for a nonprofit here in town, and I also freelance. Um, so I feel like most creative people uh, who work also freelance on the side. So all through college and probably when you knew me, I was freelancing. Um, but for a little bit over a year now, I've been working with this nonprofit. So it's, it's been really good.
0: That is really cool. That's awesome. Okay. I didn't realize you were full-time somewhere. That that makes sense to you. (laughs) Let
1: me, let me finish up a little elevator pitch though. I think, I guess I would say I specialize in, um, I guess I, I've always just not always, but recently I've come to think of like the types of videos and images I create are people just interacting with each other and having fun. And I think from a brand perspective, um, that's just what people want to see. That's how they want to like, kind of have their brand defined. Not exactly by like, Hey, here's this super obvious shot of like, a Coca-Cola can, but it's like, hey, here's people just like enjoying life, and our product is involved. So that's, yes. I guess, that's kind of how I market myself.
0: Absolutely, and you love nature, like oftentimes oh, your video,
1: absolutely are outside, outdoors. Yeah, I'm actually, I've been planning a trip to North Carolina this weekend, so I, I love nature a lot.
0: <laughs> Fun, okay, and give us, or give me the top five places you've shot. Doesn't have to be in oh, order. Man. It doesn't have to be in order, so that makes it a little easier. But just. Name five that have been top of the list for you.
1: Okay. Like shot, um, like for work or for fun or both? Anything. Okay.
0: Because some people don't know you at all. So, like, tell them how (laughs) cool you are.
1: (laughs) Oh, man. I I feel bad now. Uh, I think – okay, so I I did a job um, in Iraq, and that was incredible. Um, Honestly, the Middle East was unexpectedly one of the most beautiful places I've ever been. So, I think Iraq – um, Canada, I, I've made a couple friends from Canada. You actually interviewed one of them, Maddie.
0: Yeah, Maddie. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's um, right. she's great.
1: Uh, but Episode I, I went to Canada. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Banff in Canada is just gorgeous. And I, I did a road trip up there in 2017 where we drove actually from Nashville to Canada and back oh in goodness. the course of like 14 days. And that was one of the best trips of my life. Wow. Um, so yeah, Iraq and Canada, quite different. But uh, we'll yeah. we'll do that. I think Zion National Park in uh, mm-hmm. Utah. Um, that have, have is on my list there?
0: of places to go. No, but man. So I, don't want I to. have
1: been there five times. I went. <sighs> it has a really special place in my heart because it's like the first big road trip I ever did. That was one of the places we went, um, and I actually used to be super scared of heights. And one of the hikes there. I went on it and that's like where I got over my fear of heights. And since then, also, it's just breathtakingly beautiful. Um, But I've been back five times since then. So Mm -hmm. Iraq, Canada, Zion, um, Hawaii. I went there in January. We're going to
0: talk about that because I went to the big island two years ago. And so I just watched that video and, oh, I miss it so much. Yeah, so.
1: it's incredible. Uh, I got the second worst sunburn of my life there. <laughs> which, for anyone listening, I'm a redhead, so that's that's saying a lot. Um, <laughs> and man, uh, oh, I think Guatemala also. Mm. I, that makes five. Um, yeah. So yeah, I guess Iraq, Canada, uh, Zion National Park, Hawaii, and Guatemala. That's that's um, a Gu- great list. Yeah. Yeah, it was gorgeous. But the Guatemalan culture was just so cool. The people there were so, like, lively. I think vivid would be the word I'd use to describe where we were.
0: Yes. Um,
1: there's a lot going on, and I speak negative Spanish, so it was great.
0: <laughs> what language did you do in college?
1: Um, so I actually did – a little a little bit of a source subject there. Oh, no. <laughs> I did four and a half years – or four and a half uh, levels of Spanish in college. Because I took it two times, uh, then a third time, and I failed it. And so I had to take it again. I actually ended up taking an extra summer semester to graduate. Oh,
0: no. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Okay.
1: I always, I joke, I say out of, like, the, the three things God has allowed me to have some little bit of talent at, learning foreign languages is so far down on that list.
0: <laughs> yes. Okay, well, and for the record, Sanford made you take, like, four semesters that was a lot that was a high yes. level of college spanish for gen ed for the i was just like
1: classes. i want to get my i want to get my journalism degree you don't make me learn spanish right like we love bad. you sanford
0: but spanish yeah. th- it was hard it was a really yes that was tough level okay so that was spanish well speaking of classes i wanted to tell um this short story of how i like actually met you in um our 300 level film class and i don't even know if you know this but the backstory to this and kind of my interest in film was that we were required to take a two credit level, just basic film, you know, 101. This was probably my freshman or sophomore year I did this. And I thought, oh my goodness, this is way too complicated, way too techy for me. You know, I don't like the buttons, the sound, the, you know, too much. But when I got into writing the scripts and then even editing, I really enjoyed the editing process of putting the videos together. And so that kind of got my wheels spinning. And by my junior year, I thought, you know what, I need to take another video class and just make myself get in there, make myself learn the hard stuff. Because I knew if it was for a grade, I would, I would do it, you know, I would learn it if I had Mm to. And so I got Bernie, our advisor, to, like, overwrite me into this film, upper-level film class. Um, gosh, which, bless Bernie.
1: He's so, not, he's so good.
0: I know. I know, right? And looking back, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I had no right to be in there. But I was like, Bernie, I really want to take this. So <laughs> I get in there, and Harrison is in this class, and there were probably six or seven people. And I remember the first day, our professor said, let's go around the room and say why you're interested in film, why you're here. Well— I remember one girl, Jen, was like, you know, I'm really into audio engineering. I've worked some concerts before at Oak Mountain Amphitheater, and I really want to do that. I'm like, oh, my gosh, that sounds professional and technical. And then <laughs> we get go to Harrison, who I thought you were older just because you looked older. And you were like, yeah, I'd love to do stuff for Nat Geo someday. You know, I've been, you know, out of the country filming. And I was like, oh, my gosh, these people sound so legit. And then we got to meet. And I remember just saying... I like telling stories. Uh... <laughs> no, that's, that's
1: a great answer though. Don't feel bad oh, about that. Oh, thank
0: you. That's sweet. Well, I was like, I know nothing about the technical aspect, but I want to because I want to be able to tell the stories and I know I need to get down and learn that. And um, it's funny, actually my job right now, I work at a PR firm, but we've been doing a lot more video lately and I've kind of headed that up for our firm and it's been so fun to put things together. It's certainly been challenging, but you know- we have really come a long way and I never would have done that if I hadn't have taken that class and we probably wouldn't be having this podcast conversation. So anyway, that was oh, just- that's so cool
1: <laughs> who, so I'm trying to remember we had so many different, like every year I was in school at Stanford, there was like a different film teacher. Who was the one that taught that class? Uh, champion. I remember, that's right do you remember okay. we did
0: okay so you filmed this script that Your i short wrote
1: film in the library yes
0: in the library <laughs> yes i
1: was thinking about that it was like that the, was so fun
0: that was fun it was like the parks and rec office type um uh uh-huh. you know little bit and we had the asides yeah i i loved that that was and i love directing too because i'm you know kind of like being in charge um you can ask my little brother that but that was really fun to not just do it to be bossy but to like have a good to make a good product that is what I want to do you know tell a story in a good way so that was yeah yeah, that was super fun but anyway okay so there's kind of that anecdote um why don't you tell us when you first got interested in photography and videography whichever one came first like
1: yeah yeah. okay so this is um I feel, I don't like tell a ton of people this just because it's, it's a like interesting story. Um, so (laughs) when I, when I was 15, um, and like the summer, I guess in between, that would have been like freshman and sophomore year of high school. I think, um, Mm -hmm. I remember my mom was like forcing me, like every week I had to like fill out some scholarship application online or like enter some contest Uh, before I could go out and hang with my friends on the weekends because her like thoughts were, well, if you like really look at this and apply it, it, like it's a job, um, you might actually get one of them. And then like, that's going to help you a lot with college, which is so smart. Like major points to my mom. Uh, 15 year old Harrison did not think so. (laughs) I was like, this is boring. Like, I just want to go hang out with my friends. Um, And so one of them, she made me do, and I say made like, It was. I'm so grateful for her that she uh, like just showed me to do this. But it was an essay contest with National Geographic, and I actually ended up winning that one. Um Whoa. So the uh, the prize for that, I think like ten. I think like ten people won out of the entire country. Um, but it was like this little tiny Nikon camera, which I thought was the coolest thing ever. And looking back, it's oh. so funny because now like the gear that I work with. I'm just like <laughs> it dwarfs it. Right. Um but uh well, I, mean, so I, so I thought surprise it was the prize was a thing camera ever. that you Well, it was a camera and it was then a trip to the Cayman Islands to be trained by a staff <gasps> photographer from Matt Geo.
0: Wait, um, that's so cool.
1: But so here's the thing though, I'll tell that story and people will be like, "Oh wow, so you you went off and like they taught you and you came back and you were really good." And the funny thing is I came back like more confused about photography than I left because it was honestly like it was my first time ever leaving the South. Like I I had gone to Florida Mm -hmm. to visit my grandparents. Uh, I had gone to Georgia to visit some family, um, but really never anywhere else other than that. So this was like a huge thing. And just the amount of like new things I was processing – every single thing they were telling me just went like in one ear and out the other because i was sure. just so like awestruck the entire time
0: that's a lot um, i can imagine like especially oh, yeah. being away i mean my first time out of the country i was with my mom and my brother so you know you're with family people familiar to you but just being on your own that would be a lot to process
1: yeah well so my mom she did get to come with me which she of course loves cuz she was like Oh my gosh! My son won something, which will benefit him, and I get a trip to go with him to yes, the Yes,
0: and her um, work but, paid off and making.
1: Oh you- yeah, yeah. Um, so she she loves to say that. But um, yeah, when I came back, I honestly was still like even more confused about how to work a camera or like how to frame shots. But I think the key thing was I came back and I was really interested in photography because before that point. I had never wanted to do it my dad was always really into photography growing up um, but I honestly I'd been like no I don't want to do that because then people are just gonna think I want to like be like my dad which like in hindsight that's not a bad thing at all right. um, but for like you know a 12 13 14 year old you' you know you're just kind of stubborn and weird like that oh, but of course. yeah after that after that trip I just like hit it and like ran um, because I was just like this is actually really cool and I just want to keep doing this so wow. And I, I don't think I got good for like five or six years after that. But um, It was definitely, it was an interest. Um, and I just kept doing more and more and more, uh, all photography still. Okay. And then I remember actually the day I got into video was um, my high school friends and I we're just, oh, of course! Like every group of high school guys, we thought we were going to form a band, <laughs> and we were awful. We were so bad. Uh, what was um, your
0: name? You had to have a name.
1: I, I don't even think we had a name. <laughs> you like we, yeah, but um, we had. We were trying to record some song, and I remember we wanted to make a music video, and like someone in the group asked, "Does anyone have a camera that can record video?" And I remember thinking back to like the camera I had won in the contest. And like an honest thought that crossed through my head was like, I I think my camera shoots video. Like I don't know if it does. I've never tried. And like of course it does. It was like a, it was a DSLR. Like they all started to shoot video after like 2010.
0: Right. Um.
1: But so we but you didn't shot this even know video. if it
0: did video. <laughs>
1: no, because I I'd, I'd never even tried. Um. And oh my gosh, I want to find this video so badly, but I think like 18 year old me deleted it from everywhere in the world because it was so bad. <laughs> but now like, now like 23 year old me really wants to go back and find it because I'm like, this would just be hilarious to watch. And also it, it's like the first thing I ever made. So right. it, that would be cool. Um, but all that to say it was pretty bad. So <laughs> yeah. And now, uh, fast forward, I've been doing it for nine years, uh, and it is my career. So that's, a, that's that story.
0: Absolutely. That's, that is so cool. And you have this, I mean, we'll link to your channels and everything, your YouTube channel and social media. But you have this video at the like pinned at the top of your YouTube channel, and it's talking about doing what you love as a full time career. Hmm. Can you talk about why you're so passionate about that, and why you really you do inspire other people to do that as well, like to go after yeah. what you're passionate for?
1: I so I believe everyone like everyone is born with like a God-given passion and that's like from the Lord. And it's, it's not going to be the same thing, you know, like someone I'm friends with is not necessarily going to be passionate about video and photography like I am. Um, but we all have unique individual gifts and I think those are each like tailored, um, to be able to, you should be able to use that gift somehow, um, honestly to help like further the kingdom and just to share, like God's message and the gospel, because that's your gift that was given to you. And I think that's just the coolest thing is that each person has a unique way of doing that. You know, it's like my gifts are not the same as someone else's gifts. Um, And then putting that honestly, just into a more, I guess like this sounds bad, but like to put it into a more secular way of thinking. um, I mean, I'd be miserable if I tried to work like a normal job. It's, (laughs) it's, If you're like super passionate about something and if you have a hobby that you just think like, man, I wish I could only do this. Like, honestly, there's probably a way you can figure out how to make that financially viable if you just work at it enough. Yeah. Um, And I think so many people are stuck in that mindset of thinking like, oh, I just want to work my day job until I can get enough money to go do this fun thing for a weekend. Whereas like sometimes if you're smart enough about it, you can make the fun thing you do on the weekend your actual job. So, I guess that's that in a nutshell, but
0: yes, yes, no, that's that's so true. Um, and I'll go ahead and ask you this. I was gonna it's later in my line of questions, but it fits with what we're talking about. Um, and I'm genuinely I'm like genuinely excited to hear your answer about this. not that I'm not for other things, but i I like <laughs> am really curious to hear what you're gonna say, um because this is something I struggle with. So, I'm a very passionate, like driven person. I've always been very self-motivated, you know, kind of self-starter. So leading into that, I guess, I feel like you you are so passionate about what you do and driven about your career, but you also really know how to enjoy the moment and be present and, like, live life. How do you do both of those things so well? Because I feel like that's a balance that I struggle to find and that a lot of people struggle to find, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I think... Like, more and more as of recently, this has been something I've, like, consciously thought about. Mm -hmm. Um, But, like, I I just have to be with myself, like, very protective of my free time. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, like, you know, anything you're passionate about and kind of what I was talking about earlier, like, it's such a blessing that I'm, like, I've been able to make what I'm passionate about into my profession. Um, But, you know, honestly, sometimes it can still feel like work. It's, like, it's awesome that it is work. But, you know, like every single uh, freelance job I'll pick up or like every single video I'll make for work, I'm not like they're going to be different levels of excitement, you know? Yes. Um, and so I think with that, I, if I have like free time on my calendar, I'm just very, very protective over that. And that's not to say like I just retreat off by myself and like don't see the sun for a couple of days. Um, but it's like, I'm just very conscious of like making sure I do something that's going to be very, um, not what's the word I'm looking for.
0: Like fill um, up. just
1: recharging. Yeah. Filling. Um, yeah. and yeah, it's, it's always a balance. I think one of the things actually, that's really interesting. So I would say, even though I do them both like photography and video, 98% of my work is video. I, I have hardly ever, done photography jobs at all in the past like four years Mm -hmm. um even though I like them both the same and I think one of those reasons for that is that video even though I love it it feels like work like a video you have to plan out you have to go at it with purpose um you have to like make sure you get all the shots you need whereas in my head photography it's kind of just like me capturing my life and like enjoying the moment Um, so a lot of trips I yeah. A lot of trips I go on. I, so I have like a video camera that only like, obviously only shoots video. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have a, you know, like a DSLR that also does video, but it's really good at photos. Um, so if I'm just going on like a backpacking trip for the weekend, obviously I'm not going to like sit there and plan out like a shot list for things I need to get. Cause then yes. that starts to feel like work. Yes. I'm just going to throw a camera in my bag and go with me. And photography is like a really relaxing thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, And so I've always tried to keep photography as like personal. Uh, so I don't really take a lot of photo jobs for that reason is because I want to kind of keep that for me.
0: That really makes sense. I completely relate to that. Um, like in a writing perspective and podcasting, because that honestly, I love the conversations, but the back end, the technical part, is definitely more work. You know, <laughs> I've yeah. said my friends and family have heard me say many of times, I cannot wait until I can pay somebody to edit this and do it for me. <laughs> um, but you know, right now it's me. But for writing, you know, I I do have to be strategic with like freelance writing, and of course, you want to write something that will engage the public right now, you know, what are people talking about? What is relevant? But I think my sort of equivalent to your photography would be songwriting. Like I never Mm. do that to get paid or anything, but that is a way for me to use that gift and creative outlet. But when I'm just, it's just for me, you know, I'm just having a good time. It's relaxing and it's fun, but I don't have that pressure to, be makes a product a sellable product out of it so to speak
1: yeah so. no I totally feel that is it this way with you because like sometimes for me even with like video um I always like to have like a personal project going on um that way I, it's this odd thing where I've been working like let's say all day at my office mm-hmm. and I've just been staring at like my three monitors for like hours um and I come home and then to rest, I'll just start working on my personal project. And it's really weird because it's, I'm not doing anything different, but it feels just so much more relaxing and like invigorating to be working on something that's like from me and like from my emotions or like something that I've written instead right. of like something for a client. And that's not to say I don't like client work, um, yes. but it's just, I always love to have like a big personal project kind of going on in the background. Okay.
0: Okay. Sort of, yes, except mine is reversed because I do it in the morning. So I like okay. to get up and like write my own stuff for, you know, an hour or, you know, hour and a half in the morning and really get into that and that is invigorating for me because after work like work work I am drained and just I feel like I I've I've spent the creative energy, but if I I love to, that's when I work best is in the morning, and so for me to start that even before work, it just puts me in a great mood. I'm like, yeah, I did my my personal what I'm you know really really passionate about. Um, so yes, but backwards. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm so jealous of that because I uh, I'm a late night person. Yeah, um, and very very recently actually, I've been uh, keeping track of like when, cause do you ever just get like creative energy and you're like, wow, where did that come from? But like, I have to do something now.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: So I've been keeping track of that, uh, because I just had this thought, I was like, well, creativity is going to be like anything else. There's going to be something that triggers it. And if I can kind of figure out what that is, then maybe I can use that to my advantage. Um, and I've realized I am at my most creative either when I'm on long car rides by myself, like traveling, like Just somewhere far away for like a job or like going home to see my family. Uh Anytime I'm like on a big trip alone, I just have so much like creative ideas and thoughts. Or uh, the flip side is typically after like one in the morning.
0: Oh my goodness. (laughs) I I stay up
1: so (laughs) late. Um, So I'm exactly the opposite of you in that regards because like I've started writing a lot recently and that only can happen like after midnight for me. I don't know why, but that's That's the only time it gets done.
0: Well, and for the record, for people listening, it's seven thirty-five p.m. right now, and right before we recorded, Harris, I said, "Harrison, you ready to go?" And he says, "Yes." Is it okay if I make a cup of coffee? And I'm thinking, it's seven <laughs> o'clock at night. <laughs> that makes sense, though. <laughs>
1: yeah. Whereas yeah. I, I would don't, rather I don't if know I'm if gonna like. Does anything to me anymore? <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> no, if I'm gonna kick it in gear, I like get up five half thirty and you know do my coffee then. But. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's, that's really interesting thinking of when the inspiration hits. That's cool. Okay. Tell me, so at the beginning of the year, you said you had sort of writer's block, but kind of in creativity, I guess, creativity block. And so you decided to go to Hawaii. Tell us about this, about how you did that kind of on a whim and yeah, just, I'd love to hear about that. And of course the big, yeah, absolutely. Um,
1: So, uh, the nonprofit I work for, we're an evangelical nonprofit and kind of the biggest events that we do, um, are in winter. So at the very end of December and in January, and they're like incredible. It's like these big Christian music conferences up in Tennessee. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's a lot of work and like, I love it, but it's a lot of work. So like last year for these events, it's just, it was just me by myself and I had to make close to 40 videos.
0: (gasps) Oh my gracious.
1: Yeah. Um, so by the end of that, I was just like spent, I was just completely done. Um, that and really I, a
0: ache. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, and it was like rewarding, but at the same time I was just like, I needed to go and do something kind of like how I had said earlier, I needed to have a personal project going on and I, I didn't have one. I like, didn't have anything to fall back on, um, and kind of recharge with. And so I actually linked up with one of my best friends that I went to high school with, um, and we just we had found very cheap tickets to Hawaii. Like I think originally they were only like three hundred dollars round trip. Um, round trip. But then yeah, but by the time we jumped on them, I think they'd gone up like one or two hundred more dollars. But that's still a great deal. Oh yeah. Um, and so we just kind of went to Hawaii with like no plans. Like the only thing we had was a rental car. And like we booked one Airbnb for like the entire week we were there, but we only booked it for like two days. So we ended up um, we slept like in the car for a night or two. And we camped. What kind of car was it? <laughs> oh my gosh, it was like this little Toyota Corolla. And like yes. I'm,
0: we'll link to this. I'm video. over
1: six foot two, and <laughs> my buddy was pretty tall as well. And so we were like bigger people. So we shouldn't have tried to sleep in that car, but it was, <laughs> it was a good time. Even as cramped and as uncomfortable as some of those nights were just being there and like having, I think nothing to do except be creative and explore was the best decision I could have made after all that work.
0: Wow. that I just so admire that adventure and I'm, I'm more of a planner, you know, and so that, that's just very ambitious and like the best way to see somebody do that and be like, you know what, we're going to go and just figure it out (laughs) along the way. And, um, it's going to be great. That is There's
1: definitely, there's different trips that I'll go on. Um, because some trips I will plan out every single thing down to like the location and the time of day we get there. Because if it's a big photography trip, we want to get everywhere where there's like good light, Um, it's really funny how that works out, but like, if I have to be the dad of a trip, I'll get on like Google drive and I will literally organize everything like to the hour. Um, and we don't necessarily always follow that, but it's good to have, but then at the same time, some trips I just show up and we just do whatever we want. And those are really good too. I think I might actually have this on the bio in my web on my website, but I am most comfortable, like just me a couple like good friends that I love, and my camera bag, and just absolutely no plans, and to be in a new place.
0: Uh, that's awesome! And Hawaii is such a great place to do that. I mean, the inspiration is everywhere, oh, yeah. especially on the Big Island because I didn't realize this when we went, but the terrain is so different because you get on part of the island and it's got it's you know where a volcano has erupted, and so it looks like you're in space like that's what I thought I was like are we on the set of a movie about space because it looks like we're in the other world but then you go to the other side and it's this dense rainforest and you've got black sand beaches and waterfalls and oh my goodness I just I love it yeah it's
1: it's one of the most uniquely beautiful places I've ever been I'm actually I'm trying to go back this year um to big island or Uh, maybe one of the other ones, honestly, it's wherever I can find the cheapest flight to be quite frank. But, um, yeah, I think the big Island, I met a bunch of local dudes while I was down there, uh, which is another cool thing. I think just through like the photography community, you can meet so many people. Um, but they were telling us that it's the only place in the world where within like 24 hours, you can go deep sea diving and then go snowboard
0: wow <laughs> that i yeah, believe which it. is just insane that is insane um
1: did you go up on top of monikia
0: is that the volcano the main volcano it's
1: it's the biggest mountain on the island oh. yeah
0: okay i don't think so we were going to we were going to do the stargazing thing but it was cloudy and so they canceled because they didn't want us to Got get up there and not have it um yeah yeah did was that one of your favorite parts (laughs) oh
1: it was gorgeous that's uh that's where I got sunburnt. um (laughs) but um yeah that was one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen because we went like you just drive up for the longest time and before you know it you are at like 14,000 feet which is absurd and there's this there's a place where you have to stop at the visitor center and that's at around nine or 10,000 feet. And you have to sit there for 30 minutes to acclimate to the altitude. Oh, like, they won't okay, let you yeah, go Yeah, we did any not
0: do this. <laughs> we oh, did not do that. Oh, wow.
1: Um, the funny thing is, after that visitor center, um, the road turns so steep and gravel that if your car doesn't have four wheel drive, they won't let you go up. And we had a Toyota Corolla.
0: That does not so, sound like four wheel drive to me. <laughs>
1: No, um, our honest plan was we were going to drive to the visitor center and we were just going to hang out there until we made friends with someone with a Jeep and they would take us up. Right. And so we got there and we're waiting and we're waiting and like all these people are coming up and we're doing a great job of making friends, but no one has room for us because it's Mm. either like entire families or it's like two people, but then all their bags are in the car. So there's no room. Um, and we were about to call it and I was really upset because that was like, honestly, one of the things I had looked forward to the most is just going up there. There are these two famous telescopes that you can go mm. see. And if you've ever experienced like sunset above the clouds, it's one of the most beautiful things I've ever wow. seen. Um,
0: yeah. But, and if yeah, y'all had so already we, made it so far, you want to go there Yeah. And
1: so it, it would have been really disheartening. And so we were, honestly, we were about to call it. And then as we're walking back to our car, I see these two guys who like looked kind of our age, a little younger, but one of them was holding a camera. And I was like, all right, this is our end. Like, we're doing it. And so I walk over and I just like start making camera talk to this guy. And like, I'm asking him questions about his camera. Um, I, I have like this specific Canon camera. That's like one of their top of the line models. And so it's a really funny thing because people will see that and they'll just come and like ask questions about it. And they get like really interested. And so I was letting him like play around with my camera. Um, And so we made friends like really easily through that. And they took us up and they had we didn't realize it, but their car actually wasn't four wheel drive. Um, It was a hybrid but it had all wheel drive, which they didn't realize isn't the same thing. So we're sitting (laughs) going up this hill and it's, it's pretty rough and I'm hearing the engine heat up and like, we can smell engine. Um, And I, I tell the guys, I'm like, Hey guys, maybe like switch the four wheel drive, throw it in a low gear if you can. Um, and they're like, Oh no, it's all wheel drive. That's the same thing. And I'm just like, no, (laughs) it's, it's really not. Um, So going up, honestly, it was a little bit worrying, but it was mainly worrying because I was in the back of my mind. I was like, we're going to get up here. We're going to have a lot of fun, but then we have to come down. (laughs) And that was the scary part because that's what, like, all the warnings were for. Because if you don't go down this hill in four-wheel drive in, like, the lowest gear possible, you'll burn your brakes out. Um, and oh, there's so terrifying. many, yeah, there's so many cases of cars, like being driven improperly and the brakes going out and like going over the side of this mountain. <gasps> Harrison!
0: And so oh my goodness. we're up,
1: but like, there's with- nothing we, there's nothing we can do. Cause we're already up there now. Yeah. And these guys, they were, they were the nicest guys, but Oh man, they were like 18 or 19 and it made sense because. Me, as eight an 18-year-old, probably would have tried to do the same thing. Were you like, but,
0: please, please let me take over this car? And Well, I,
1: I didn't want the liability, but I was very much trying to like be a backseat driver while also not being a backseat driver.
0: Sure.
1: Um, because we go to go down the hill, and the car they had, it's a hybrid, so you can switch it into like a low-gear mode. But all that actually does is the car will engage the brakes by itself. Uh, which is the opposite of what we want, because that's just braking. Right. Um, like my car, I drive a stick shift. So you can just throw it into first gear and the engine will break, and it'll just go down a hill at like one mile an hour. Um, but so literally our plan was we were going to get on this road and it would take about 35 minutes or 40 minutes to drive all the way down. Mm-hmm. And so we were like, all right, every five minutes we're going to stop and let the brakes cool off and then <laughs> just keep going. And that's what we did. And it ended up taking us like an hour and a half to get down the mountain because we had drive the car and the poor dude, he rode the brakes pretty hard. Um, I wish I could have driven because like he needed to drive differently. Um, but <laughs> we got down by the grace of God. And
0: I'm glad you we were just, with them. I mean, so that they didn't go out by themselves and then not know what they were doing.
1: I think they would have been okay. Um, they were just, I remember sitting in the back of that car um, and my buddy Arnold was there too. And I looked at him, and I had my entire camera bag on my lap, and I wasn't wearing a seat belt because I was like, as soon as these brakes give out, I'm opening the door and bailing. That was like <laughs> my actual plan. I was like, as soon because as, we were Paris, going slow that enough. That is
0: terrifying.
1: <laughs> um, but I was just like, like, yeah, no seat belt for me. I'm that...
0: I'm climbing out before we
1: go oh, over Oh, absolutely. The edge. <gasps> Um, like, cause if I'm wearing a seatbelt, then I'm stuck in the car and I'll go off the cliff. But if I'm not wearing the seatbelt, I can just open the door and get out.
0: Oh my goodness. But thankfully that didn't
1: happen. Yes.
0: Praise There's always something
1: I've started. I've started realizing on the trips that I go on, it's not a matter of like, what do I think is going to go wrong? Or like, how can I make sure nothing goes wrong? (laughs) It's something will go wrong. And I just need to pray that like, I'm properly equipped to deal with it when it comes up.
0: Sure. Because
1: there's there's always something i there's almost never been a trip where like, I haven't gotten a van stuck on the side of the road with two wheels off the edge of a cliff or like gotten our keys locked inside a car in a national park, or like gotten stranded at a b- bus station in Guatemala and slept on the concrete. And so there's always something. Sure it's made my problem solving skills really great though. So (laughs) that's good.
0: I bet. And that you're right. That's just part of it is you you just have to go with it. And especially with, I mean, on a much, much smaller scale, even with filming, I always tell people at work, you can do 220 things, like really hard things perfectly right. And one thing wrong, and it can totally mess you up and (laughs) you just have to, you know, I remember our professor saying this, think of everything that could possibly go wrong and it probably will. (laughs) And then something else probably will, but it's still worth it because the end result is so good. You've just got to go in knowing, Hey, we got to be flexible. Something, something might go wrong. Something (laughs) will go wrong. So.
1: Yeah. And I, I think that's like such an important thing is that, um, like creativity is really like all forms of it are just some form of problem solving. Yes, um, because whether it's filmmaking, it's like, hey, how can I get this shot? Even though I might not have all the resources, and I kind of have to fake a lot of it, or like, how can I get the budget? Or how can I get this location? Or like, hey, I got the location, but not enough people showed up, so that's all problem solving. Same thing with like any other art form. It's like, how can I make the image I'm seeing in my head come to life? And life is going to throw whatever it can at you, so you just got to deal with it.
0: That's a great perspective. Is your your problem solving and to tell, yeah, to tell the story and communicate. That's good. Um, oh, and I so uh, back to Hawaii. I saw, because you made this whole video about your journey, which is so cool. We'll link to it. Um, I just loved it. But you went down to the Waipoa Valley. So I don't know yes. if I'm saying it right. Yes. Okay. Y'all walked down it? Yeah. You Wait, have it. you been there? Yes. But we went, <laughs> <laughs> we went in a sketchy, sketchy van driven by Bob who was I probably, bet I know the van you're talking about yeah it's it was sketchy bob is probably like 80 70 or 80 and then he he would get mules or donkeys when he got down to the bottom he would like he dropped you off on the side of the road like in the jungle forest and he was like just wait 10 minutes like there's a log you can sit on and then he comes back with the cart and the mules and you do a like donkey ride around the valley does that sound familiar yeah we,
1: <laughs> so the place that I think hosted are not hosts um but that like puts that on it's the was it a shop yes. like right kind of really in neighborhood yes yeah so we paid them twenty dollars to just leave our car there and then we walked
0: <laughs> that sounds right yeah
1: um but walking down, all I remember thinking was like, "Oh, this is so beautiful. This is so beautiful. Wow, this is really steep. This is so steep." And then we got to the bottom, and I was like, "We're about to be hiking for like two days straight, and when we're done, we have to come back up this." Yes. Um, so did you because have a it's tent? actually like
0: where did you sleep?
1: Um. So that was when we camped in hammocks because there were just okay. so many trees down in the valley uh, okay. that we set hammocks up and slept. And actually, it rained on us, which we did not expect. Uh but I have you ever been in like an Eno or anything like that?
0: Not to sleep overnight, but
1: so you can kind of just flip them upside down and if you yeah, tuck yourself in a certain about. way it works. Sure. So it started raining and I just flipped upside down and kept sleeping. <laughs> um wow. but thankfully I remember it was time to hike out and we were both so tired and we also just didn't prepare and we didn't really have like food or water left anymore. Um, yeah, and we, we were just looking at this road and we were like, we like, I don't want to do this. Like I just, everything in me says, don't hike up this road. Um, oh, so we hitchhiked God. back up.
0: Okay, good. Yes. Yeah, that's good. We got, when we were driving up in the van with Bob after the mule ride in the Valley, um, we, it's a one-way road, right? And there yeah. are, there are people hiking. There are all kinds of, you know, traffic. And then there are the tourists who think they can drive, which would have been my dad had my mom not been like, no, we're <laughs> paying someone to drive us down there. You are not driving a rental car down the steepest road in America. Um, but we got stuck on this like sharp turn in the road. And there was this big dude. I mean, you know, I don't I don't know where he was from, but you could tell he just thought he was all that and thought he could control the road, and Bob in the van would not let up on him. He kept inching up. I mean, we, I was like, we're going to hit this car, and then you, this man's wife was in the passenger seat, and you could just see she was, like, waving her finger and was like, oh get man. back, you know, let this van go through, but... It was, it was quite the experience. And, um, I,
1: I would be terrified. Like even in my Jeep, if I was there, I would be so scared to drive up that road or drive down. It was just, right. it's terrifying. That's, I would almost prefer to hike down. Even when we were hitchhiking back up, the woman that was driving us was like a local. <laughs> um, so she did it, she did it a lot, but even in her car, I was kind of trying to not focus on what we were doing because it was a little bit scary. <laughs>
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. It's it's completely
1: scary. Luckily, she had a puppy in the car though, so I just got to like pet the dog. I just ignored it all.
0: Yeah, I always wanted to sit on the side next to the mountain, you know, <laughs> just not that that would help if something happened, but it just makes well, you Well, and
1: remember, better. just hold your bag in your lap and don't wear a seatbelt because right. if it starts to tip over, just hop out.
0: <laughs> that is a good lesson. <laughs> I will remember. Yeah, don't. I'll For look, anyone totally... listening,
1: don't wear seatbelts ever.
0: Right. That's, that's the lesson. I'm sure I was wearing my seatbelt in the van. I totally was. Yeah. (laughs) No, that makes sense. Um, okay. Let's see. Hawaii questions. I want to make sure. Oh, did y'all surf in Hawaii?
1: No. And I really wish we could have, um, we probably, to be honest, we would have had the opportunity, but once I got like, so we did Mauna Kea and then we had like three or four days left. And, like, honestly, once I got so badly sunburnt, I was kind of like, mm. all right, I'm done with beach stuff. Like, we can do jungle stuff. We can do rain- or rainforest is the jungle. Sure. Um, but I was like, we can do a bunch of other stuff, but I am done with the beach. And so then even we, of course, we still went to the beach because it's Hawaii. Right. Um, but I just wore, like, long sleeves the and hats the entire time.
0: So did you have on sunscreen when y'all did Mauna Kea?
1: No, but here's the thing. <laughs> I was stupid. Um, and me being from the beach and like zero feet above sea level at all times, mm-hmm. um, I'm not used to elevation and I should have learned by now because I've been to like so many high elevation places and every time I get sunburned every single time. Um, but what got me at Mauna Kea is it's so high up that it's cold. It's like, it was yes. 30 degrees. Yes. And so I, you know, like down on the beach, it's like 85, 90 and I'm wearing a tank top. And I was like, okay, we're going to go to Mauna Kea. But I'm going to be wearing jeans and a hoodie. So I don't need to put on sunscreen. Oh, um, yeah. But we got up there. And it was so intense that just my face and neck got so burnt. And it was just, it was bad. Like, I, I was stupid. Um, it was, I think, the only reason it wasn't the first worst sunburn of my life is because it was only confined to my face and neck. If it would have right. over my whole body. I might've had to go to like the doctor. It was, it was rough. Oh,
0: oh man. Yeah. That's, I know exactly what you mean about the cold. Cause we experienced that when we went to the volcano Mauna Loa, that could totally be wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no. But... So
1: Ma- it's Mauna Kea and Mauna Loa. And I think it's the twin volcanoes on the Island.
0: Yes. Okay. So we did that. And by the time it got like nightfall, we were freezing, and there's this picture of me and my mom, and we got the beach towels out of the back of the car, and we were like wearing them like clothes because we were so <laughs> cold. And I was yeah. done at that point because I thought, like, we'd spent earlier in the day looking at waterfalls, like hiking around, which I just love that stuff. Like, throw me in a forest, let me climb some trees. So fun. And then we get up to the volcano, which was cool. I'm not trying to discount it but my dad and my brother just were geeking out and they just wanted to sit there and look through the, you know, the, what are those called? Oh my gosh. I'm blanking binoculars all, you know, all day at this volcano. And my, I saw it and I was like, cool, ready? Like we saw the volcano. Yeah. What's what's next. <laughs> but anyway, so we were camped out there at night and <laughs> just freezing with our towels on. But,
1: Oh, it, it just catches you off guard because you don't think that like in one day you can go from being at the beach to like, basically being in a tundra. It gets so cold.
0: Yes. Yeah. But it was great. Any other big adventures from Hawaii you want to talk about or.
1: Um, let me think. Honestly, I was just so happy to meet like the group of guys I met down there. Um, like all the local guys. Uh, how did I meet them? Oh, the weirdest thing. So right as we were going down there, I just started looking on Instagram at like Hawaii hashtags and I was like, oh, these dudes are all locals. And so I just DM'd like a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And it turns out they all knew each other because the island is pretty small. So everyone who's interested in the same thing kind of clumped together. Oh, and cool. they were they were just like, hey, we're going to show these white dudes around for a week. Yeah. And so we ended up getting like the best tour guides because it was just dudes our age who like knew the island and would show us things that like tourists wouldn't normally get to see. So we got to see all these like really cool secret spots. It was really fun.
0: That's fantastic. Do you okay? Question and it's okay if you don't know the answer. Do you know if they, I know a lot of Hawaiians in the culture still, still kind of believe in like the gods of nature and the, you know, it's part tradition, but part like, I mean, you can go and you can find like monuments and kind of, you know yeah. things like that was that did they talk about that or was that any part of like so revering I don't nature? know if I
1: can I don't know if I can speak to like the religion aspect of it yeah um but it's it, it's definitely the tradition is there okay, um I yeah. don't know if they actually believed it in a religious sense but they believed it in like this is the heritage of where we live um yes. so we need to respect it like right now so is actually going through like, it's kind of, um, I'm surprised it has been picked up by media outlets, like, more than it has. But they're trying to build, like, this new massive telescope on top of it. And for the past, like, w- two months, maybe even longer, um, the entire, like, community of the island and the natives has been protesting, like, nonstop. And they've been lining up and blocking co- construction access to the mountain. Really? And it's, like, it's like actually a really big deal for them um, because they don't want like construction to desecrate, uh, what they think is like the sacred mountain. Right. Um, oh, so, that is really I, interesting. yeah, I know a lot of the guys that I met and became friends with have actually been like going to that. And it's really cool to see they're using like their gifts for like media and photography and video and like covering it and like sharing and spreading awareness on social media. So that's, wow. that's the only reason I knew about it.
0: Yeah. I'm surprised I hadn't seen that either. Um, yeah. And it's, it was just cool for me. I wish I'd gotten to know more people. We kind of bounced around, you know, we were in a new place every day, but you know, because when I'm there, I just think of like God, the creator, you know, and it's, it's interesting oh, yeah. to think it, it made me think of an where Paul talks about, like you worship the unknown God, you know, but we know who God is. And, um, it's just, I don't know. It inspired me. I, I did write a blog about it that I can link to, but it just, it was like, if I know who the one true God is, like, why am I not going out and like saying it, you know, like proclaiming it, you know, it's, yeah. I don't know. It's a cool thing to, to just see I'm, in a new I'm light. I'm trying to
1: look up real quick. There's a verse that I really love. Um, you know, Psalms 139, 14.
0: Uh, I don't.
1: I'm, it's I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. Ooh, that's good. And I I love that because I think I've just been like throughout the like past five years. Um, because I've been I guess passionate about like photography for like nine years now. Um, since I was fifteen. Um, but really only in the past like five has it been like laid on my heart that I just like I feel like I have to go out and like see everything. Yeah. Um, and I love that verse because it's like, yeah, wonderful are your works. And my soul for sure knows it very well.
0: Yes. Oh, that is but that's I, so I, beautiful. I just,
1: yeah, I love experiencing. Like, I just, I feel like for me, it's almost an act of worship
0: mm-hmm. just
1: to just see, like, what has been created. Yes. And it, that's just something I'm never going to get over.
0: Absolutely. I, um, my family... I guess four years ago now went to Yosemite and have you ever been there?
1: Yeah. It's amazing.
0: Yes. Okay. So another just place where you're just in awe of creation. But um, I remember one night we were on this um, glacier dome and the moon was rising and my mom brought up the verse. It's like the heavens declare the glory of God and Mm -hmm. the skies display his wonder or wonderfulness. Um, But it's like, it's true. It is like, uh, like being part of like nature and just seeing God's works. It is, it's like we can rejoice and, um, yeah, that's, and, and seeing that in people as well, like in the people we meet and being like, God created us all in his image. And yeah, I love that. And we yeah, all have, I actually,
1: I very recent, or not very recently, but I guess in the scheme of my life, it's pretty recent in the past, like four months, I got my first tattoo and no it's like yeah so it's a super super like minimalist solar system um because the hillsong young and free has the song so why are you familiar with it
0: so will i yes yes yeah yeah
1: so there's a line in there that i've just loved um because one of the reasons i kept like pursuing photography was because i wanted to take pictures of like the stars and space mm-hmm. and so that's like that was one of the reasons i really like started to dive more into it um but there's a line in So Why, it says, in the vapor of your breath, the planets formed if the stars were made to worship, so why? So that's mm. another thing that just kind of plays off creation like that.
0: Yes. Um, but
1: yeah, it's cool.
0: Right. Like if this if this thing that's just larger than us, you know, this huge creation can praise God, like, so can we. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Where is the tattoo?
1: Uh, It's on my forearm. So. Okay. Okay. Cool. starting to limit my job opportunities but you know I'm a creative <laughs>
0: <laughs> Oh yeah you're you're totally artsy enough you can do it I'm I'm a i am i am cut
1: my know. long hair off like a year ago so it's not as bad but yeah.
0: <laughs> No that's awesome Well is there anything else that you want to talk about or want to say while we're on the Man I not
1: off the top of my head if you have anything else for me let me know I'd be glad to answer but yeah. yeah,
0: no, this, this was awesome. And I I love talking with creative people who are like in a similar but different field. I just feel like you can relate and get ideas and so many different things. So um, this has been super fun for me. So. No, this
1: was so, like, this was so good catching up.
0: Absolutely. Yes. And please tell me next time you're in Nashville and, um, and if you need a person to be in a video, I volunteer. I'll do it.
1: (laughs) Absolutely.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, we'll link to all your stuff and I just can't recommend you enough. You're fantastic. And I know you're going to go far. So.
1: Oh, thank you so much.
0: Awesome. All right. Well, you have a good night.
1: Thank you. you Enjoy your coffee. (laughs) Oh, I already drank
0: it. (laughs) All right. Talk to you later. Wow. So many wonderful lessons from that. So go after your God-given passions and use them for his glory. Don't be afraid when obstacles come in the way, because things are going to happen. And if you're afraid your car is going to drive off the side of a cliff, have your bags in your lap ready to go. Have your seatbelt undone in case you need to jump out of the car. (laughs) Life lessons from Harrison Tarabella. Anyway, thank you for listening, guys. I know that was kind of a long episode, but I think it was great. Don't forget, if you like the show, the best thing you can do is hit the subscribe button so that you'll get every episode when it comes out and rate the podcast, preferably five stars. That's all I've got for you today. Go check out all the links in the show notes. Until next time, bye.